Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. He's done it. He's done it. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Line Light, the Raiders' official podcast, thanks to OAC Digital. My name's Ben Pollock, joined once again by the Raiders media team, Tom Logan and John Croyder. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Benny. Hey. Getting ready for round 15 up there on the Gold Coast against the Titans. Looking forward to talking about that game a little bit later on. And we'll also have a chat to Canberra Raiders forward Hudson Young, who's um, been tremendous since coming back into the team earlier this season. First of all, though, it's time to go around the horn. All right, let's have a look at the things that are making newsworthy items for the Canberra Raiders this week. Uh, and let's start with a bit of fun. Let's talk about a couple of things that came out of the Brisbane Broncos game last weekend. And first of all, uh, the mysterious ball boy, Adam Mariotta, who um, found himself uh, on the field celebrating a Raiders try. Uh, give us a bit of a, an insight into Atta, boys. What's he, uh, what was all that about? Well, do you want to... You want to take the lead yeah. on this one, Johnny? Or? Yeah, I was actually watching him before he started jumping in um, for the try celebrations. He was doing the Viking clap with the two balls in, in his hands and uh, he was just dancing along the sideline during the game. The halftime dance yeah. cam came on and he he was busting out the moves. He, he's, he was in his own little world and it was just so entertaining to watch. Um, he's only a young fellow. I think he's, he was playing uh, SG ball this year for, for the Raiders, got promoted into um, into the bubble when COVID hit, and he's been training uh, with a lot of the other other younger guys as well. The thing I loved about it was that it was so unscripted. Um, I think he just got caught up in the moment and just got so excited um, off the back of that try and um, just wanted to be around the boys. There's nothing better. Nothing better. <laughs> oh, I'm all for it. That's just good vibes all around. And, you know, if he's ball boy this weekend or... Or for the next home game, you know, I hope he does it again. It was yeah, good to see. Now, on the other uh, side of the spectrum, we had the 31-year-old Jordan Rapiner uh, strutting his stuff on his birthday in the change room. Uh, let's have a look at the vision here now. And, and as you can see, um, a few you know, borderline dance moves there. And he's, uh, he's uh, said uh, during this week at the press conference, and we'll have a listen to him now about what he had to say about that performance. Yeah, I got a bit carried away there. Uh, I was just stoked that we got the win for my birthday, so... Um, yeah, it's good fun. It's gone bloody viral now, so. Is that a signature dance move of yours? Or <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an impromptu, but I think it's going to have to stay a uh, signature move now. Going to have to. So we're going to say it. Yeah, yeah, have to, have to get the budgies. I'm going to have to wear those Raiders budgies every game now. Yeah, there he is, Jordan Rapana, a great character in the team. And, uh, you know, uh, on a serious note, Tom, uh, working with the club on a possible contract extension. Uh, he says he doesn't want to go anywhere and he wants to finish his time playing footy here in Canberra. Yeah, I really I really like and admire that about Rapper a lot. He he understands how good of a, a place Canberra is to be in. Uh, he's, a, he's a true clubman. Uh, I think he's just as valuable to the club off the field as he is on field. We know he's a terrific player on the field, but I think Rapper brings a lot and really gels a lot of the team together uh, behind the scenes. Uh, obviously, not many fans would be able to see that, but you can tell that he's probably the most popular member in the playing squad, and I think that really adds a lot of value. Yeah, it's great to um, have a guy like him at the club because, um, number one, he's a great footy player, so uh, that's something that you always want in your team is great quality players, um, and he brings that to the team. Um, but he also brings that element of, uh, of fun, uh, and when you've got that in a squad... 
it really resonates through the rest of the playing group and does a great thing. So, um, well done, Rapper. Happy birthday for last week and, and keep on being yourself. Uh, big news item this week and one that probably hasn't got a lot of publicity um, and it's probably the way he would like it. Uh, Dinamis Louie will play his 150th NRL match this week. John, you sat down with Josh Papali this week and had a chat to him uh, about the influence that Nami makes on this squad uh, and you've written a nice article for raiders.com.au so get on there and check it out. Tell us a bit about uh, what he had to say about Nams. Well, firstly, Nams didn't have much to say because he doesn't really want to talk about himself. So uh, that's just typical Nams. Pup- Papa spoke at length just about um, the first time that he played against Nami and then what he brings to the to the team and how everyone assumes that he's quite a he's a very quiet sort of bloke but he's actually a real leader and... Um, knows when to speak and he actually is probably one of the one of the leaders in the forwards that does a lot of their video reviews and stuff like that. So a real leader and great to see him get to 150 NRL games. Now, did I read in that article that he also cooks for Josh Papali, brings him lunch every day? Yeah, he does. Um, I feel like I've missed a trick there. I've got to, got to find someone in the office who might do that for me. Uh, <laughs> don't don't look at me, his, mate. No. Actually, no, I don't want your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, he does that, and also on, on the weekend, um, Josh was saying he just sometimes just walks up, well, before COVID, he would just go over to his place and just know that as soon as he turned up, Nams would actually just start, impulsively just start cooking. <laughs> <laughs> he looks after the big fella, I love to see that, and uh, congratulations to Dinamis Louie, 150 NRL matches. It's been a long road for him, a couple of injuries along the way, um, been at a, a few different clubs, but uh, he's found a home here in Canberra, that's for sure. Uh, the other one that came out of the game on uh, the weekend was uh, the ongoing discussion around Jack White and getting taken out um, by opposing kickers. Uh, we've seen a few instances of this uh, this season, Tom, and uh, it sort of happened again on the weekend, and now it seems to be um, uh, out there that it's a bit of a tactic of some sides to try and limit his kick chase. Yeah, this is going to be pretty hard for me to take my Raiders hat off because I noticed it quite a few times and I was quite annoyed because obviously we know how that's a really big for me, that's a really big part of our play. You know, Jack's long kicks and, and that kick chase, that was a really big part of, I, I believe, last year's success in the run-up to the grand final. Obviously, teams have uh, identified that and they're now trying to target Jack as a result. And uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, that uh, referees will start to clamp, it, clamp down on that now. Graham Annesley said in his weekly press conference that it's something that they'll continue to keep an eye on, but mm. they hadn't really identified anything that was... Too far out of the rules at the moment, but John, it does give teams an advantage because Jack is uh, one of his real strong points in his game is that kick chase. Yeah, absolutely. And as Tom said, there's a lot of those um, long kicks, or even like sometimes just uh, a high kick, just when he's mm. around the 30 metres out from the try line, it happens quite a bit. And you said it was hard to talk about just with the Raiders hat on, but just watching footy generally, it's not something that I see is exclusive. To Raiders games, Jack's not the only player that's getting targeted, and I think it makes the game a better spectacle when kickers can chase those kicks and they're not getting targeted and taken out late. I think we're going to see better playmaking, better quality of rugby league if um, players like Jack are able to stay on the field, not get taken out late. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one and see what unfolds in that situation over the next few weeks. Uh, just an update quickly on the uh, Black Dog Institute jerseys that were worn the other night. Those are available for auction or bids com.au forward slash Raiders. Um, a lot of uh, money being um, put forward so far, which is great to see. And just a reminder that you can purchase those through raidershop.com.au.
Round 14, the Canberra Raiders 36 over the Brisbane Broncos 8 at GIO Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, in the end, a convincing victory for the Green Machine, but Tom, they had to work hard uh, to get um, some momentum in the second half, and I thought the Broncos were pretty good early. Yeah, they definitely turned up for the game, especially in the first half. Um, obviously, we defended our line. It just I, I feel like for the last 10 minutes of that first half, it just felt like we had no footy. The Broncos would just repeat set after repeat set. I know we were crying out for a, a six again in the in the in the media box, but um, obviously we held them out for the towards the end of the first half, and then I think that really laid the foundations for a solid second half performance. Yeah, a little bit scrappy, John, early on, a few errors, and obviously a bit of ill discipline. You know, I think we gave away four or five of those um, six agains uh, in that first half, but uh, it was good to see things come together in the second half and. Um, the Raiders' attacks probably copped a bit of criticism over the past few weeks, but to score five tries in one half of footy um, showed what we can do when we start putting things together. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to earn the right to be able to play the way we did in that second half, and I think we, we definitely did that. That, um, that right side, that wigging connection between uh, George Williams and John Bateman, that was on show. And um, George, 10, 10 tries this for the year. I think he's only a couple behind the, the leader in the competition as well. So he's showing that he's got some good form there. And um, Chance just keeps scoring tries as well. And it was great to see uh, the Archer back as well. Yeah, and Scottridge combo as well, combining a few times to get over too. Yeah, that was great. That right edge, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, is, is definitely improving. It was a, um, a work in progress earlier in the season and it's definitely getting better. And I thought that um, there were some really nice touches from Curtis Scott again, not just in that little um, situation where he had those two-on-ones, but... Um, also coming out of our own end, he was you know carrying the ball really strong, and um, that's something that he's been working hard on. He's he's definitely uh, he's definitely got some confidence back. Um, I think we we've spoken about this before in the first few games before uh, COVID sort of struck. We noticed that Curtis was really making a lot of good carries out of uh, our defensive half, and he looks like he's really brought that back into his game now. The other player who impressed me uh, on the weekend when he came on was Tom Starling. Um, did a great job. Uh, once he came onto the field, and um, particularly um, his work in and around the ruck, he created a bit of opportunity and was able to to um, get a couple of good runs out of there off the back of some you know good work by the the big men. Yeah, he knows when to run. He really um, reads the game quite well. That's something that I hadn't really noticed about him so much last year. But he's really got that good uh, game intelligence and his defence. Um, I th- I had a look through his career stats today because I was just I was just curious because I'd seen a couple of things up online, and in his whole NRL career, and I know he only played a few games last year and then one game for the Knights before that, he's only ever missed three tackles, a ninety-seven percent tackle efficiency. So, not only can he do um, provide that spark in attack, you're not missing much in defence. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a player on the improve, and uh, I saw that. Um uh, there's been some preliminary discussions about extending you into next year, so let's hope that comes to fruition as well. Uh, the other guy, before we move off this game, that I thought was um, outstanding from the bench was uh, Corey Harawira Naira. In his, uh, he's only had a couple of games for the club, and um, I thought this one was his best. And uh, more minutes, uh, more running, uh, and more impact, and that's what um, that's what Ricky wants out of him. Yeah, he that was a great stint that he had coming off the bench. Uh, some he made a couple of line breaks and especially towards the end, and that kick and chase, I think everyone sort of held their breath at the last minute, you know, really hoping that that would end up in something special. But, yeah, like you said, great performance from Corey. He's really sort of starting to... He's, i got to say, he's, it looks like he's... From the outside, it looks like he's really settled into the club, which is good to see. And I think he's, he's only going to get better and better, and we're now starting to see that sort of gradual improvement in him. 
and we got to see him play on an edge as well because we had that because we had that bit of a buffer. There was a bit of a luxury to take uh, Elliot Whitehead, a reluctant Elliot Whitehead, oh, I might add, <laughs> very reluctant. But uh, it was good to see how Corey played because with John Bateman leaving, I'm assuming he'll probably go to that right edge. So mm. he's. I didn't realize how skillful he was. Like I knew he could do those big hit ups. He was like strong. Um, player, but man, he's got some skill. Yeah, well, versatility is a big part of his game, and um, it's a great thing to have. You talk about uh, John Bateman leaving. You've also got Hudson Young that'll come into calculations. Who's played there, and, and um, he talks about that being as his preferred position as well. So um, that'll be, you know, it's a good positive sign considering that we're going to lose John Bateman at the end of the year. That's for sure. All right, round 15, Seabus Super Stadium sees the Green Machine up there against the Gold Coast Titans. It's the second time we've taken on the Titans uh, this season, once pre-COVID and now once post-COVID. And uh, we go up there uh, with an opposition that's, I think, has been very unlucky in a number of games this year and probably deserve to be a little bit higher on the table than where they are. Yeah, it's also uh, the second time we're heading up to Seabus Super Stadium, so hopefully we can continue the undefeated record up there this year. But I, I think the Titans have been really great, uh, especially in the last month. They've really shown a lot of improvement, and I think Justin Holbrook's a really good, smart young coach, and he's he, you can really sort of start to see he's now sort of uh, laying his mark on, on that side. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried, I've got to say. They're, they're looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, they were a team that got um, you know pretty much labelled as wooden spooners, um, before the competition commenced and, and uh, you know, they've probably been able to shake that tag with some pretty good performances and um, although they haven't got as many wins on the board as what they um, probably should have, um, they've been right up to it in most games and uh, they've got a lot of young, talented players in their team. Uh, one that stands out for me is AJ Brimson. I think he's a, a real handful um, and he's only been back in the team for a couple of weeks after returning from injury. So he's one um, that sticks out for me. John, have you got a, a danger man for them? Yeah, there's so many players that are full of quality. There's a few players that I really like. Uh, Philip Semi is one that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Like, he's like such a good finisher, um, quick as well d- down that wing. Um, excellent player. What about what about you, Tom? I've been really impressed with their their um, their five uh, half halfback five eighth, Jamal Fogarty. I think I think he's been really impressive since he's come into the side. And yeah, uh, obviously Fodawaka up front as well. He's Quite a handful, and that'll be a great battle uh, between him and our middles. No Jai Arrow this weekend uh, for the Titans out with a shoulder injury. And at the time of recording this podcast, it was still up in the air on Kevin Proctor as well. So they might have to have a reshuffle there. But um, despite who they put out into the field, uh, John, they'll be a really hard opposition to take on. Yeah, and that's the one thing I've noticed from their games. that No one's claimed an easy win against the Titans. Every team's had to scrap for every single point. And one of the games that stood out for me in terms of the Titans was uh, when they took on the Panthers. They were really good in that game, uh, really hard to break down. And I really agree with what you were saying about uh, Jamal Fogarty. I think he's um, given Ash Taylor a bit of confidence. And I think this is the best I've seen Ash Taylor play probably since 2016-2017. Yeah, real danger game. Let's have a look at the Raiders team thanks to Specsavers and... uh, the luxury continues for coach Ricky Stewart, the third time in as many weeks where we've been able to name the same seven team. Uh, from a consistency point of view, Tom, uh, that's a great thing and, and the ability to, to run that same side out. And we've talked about the right edge, but um, right across the field, it makes a, a big difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked with this. Obviously, it gives that same 17 another chance to, I guess, sort of improve and sort of work. We, we've spoken about the right side improving and I think this is a great time for this 
to happen, you know, where we, we've had the luxury of being able to play the same side for the past two or three weeks, and it's really good heading into the business end of the season. Last week, uh, Ryan Sutton was named on the bench, but he started the game, John. Uh, this week, Hudson's been named to start again. Do you see Hudson start in the game this week, or does a Ryan Sutton or a Joe Tarpany come into calculation to start the game? I don't think Joe Tarpany will, because I think he's just been so valuable from the bench, and it means you can give uh, Papali a bit of a rest, and you've got like an international quality player just jumping straight on. So I don't think he'll start. Uh, Ryan could could start again, but both of them, you know they're going to do a really good job. I really liked uh, Huddy when he started against uh, Penrith and he had those two stints. I like him in shorter bursts while um, Sato can really play a longer sort of stint. But, look, I'm not the, co- I'm not the coach and I, I know that um, they're going to make some really good decisions either way, but it's it's a luxury because you've got – Three high-quality players that you can put into that position. Yeah, just looking down the track, Emre Gula um, still uh, working on a return, hopefully around um, somewhere between around 17 and 19. Uh, and great to see Sia Soliola back out on the training paddock. Uh, although he's got the pink bib on and he's still away from doing some contact, um, great to see him back out there training as well. And, and also saw Corey Horsburgh on the... Uh, the treadmill, uh, what's it called? The the one that's got the... The old G. The older G, older that's G, the yeah. one, the older G treadmill. <laughs> he was um, doing some running there, um, assisted running. So um, great to see those guys doing everything they can to get themselves back on the field before the end of the season. All right, guys, prediction time. Now, once again, what did you... Ha- no, no points last week? Ah, uh, no. I had wraps for a double. You should have had three but he only got the one, so once again, I'll take half a point. No, you won't. There's uh, no points there. Guys, uh, let's go. Tommy, what have you got for us this weekend? Well, I know this is a pretty predictable one, but I reckon George Williams is probably going to score a try and grab himself a try assist as well, so I'm going to roll with that one, boys. Hopefully, it's a nice, safe one after a few weeks of disappointment from both of us. I'm going to go Tom Starling to get his first ever NRL try. Oof. Well, you just absolutely stole mine, so I was going to go <laughs> the same thing, um, but... You put me on the spot now. Uh, let's go with Saliva Havili then, starting the game at hooker and getting himself uh, across the line for a try this weekend. <laughs> Joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast this week is Raiders forward Hudson Young. How are you, mate? Good, Benny. How are you, mate? Yeah, going very good, thank you. Um, first up, let's talk about um, your return to footy this season. Uh, obviously, um, you've been able to establish a position in the team now and uh, you must be happy with the way things are going. Yeah, mate, I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Um, it was a comeback into the team through through an injury and, and that sort of stuff, so I was just happy to get back in into the team and, and play some footy again. Mate, it was a, a tough um, road for you to get back into the side. Obviously, we all know the, the reasons are behind your absence in the, the first few weeks of this year and obviously the final series last year. It must be great now just to be uh, focused back on the football side of things. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, Obviously, what happened last year and that just worked really hard to put that behind me and, and move forward. And I did a lot of work here with the coaching staff and uh, Whitey and, and Stick and them sort of blokes um, to get that sort of stuff out of my game. And, and I think I've done that now. So I'm really happy just moving forward. You had the opportunity to come back into the side and play on an edge. Uh, how did you find that uh, little uh, period? Yeah, no, that's probably my preferred position, uh, back row. But I'm happy to play in the middle. Uh, I enjoy it just as much as the edge. So... Uh, getting to run off George and uh, play alongside Jack as well, so it's pretty cool doing that sort of stuff. Mate, the the season itself's been uh, you know absolutely 
uh, crazy and, and we've spoken about this in the podcast all season about the changes that have had to be made due to the coronavirus and everything like that. How did you handle that period knowing that uh, first of all um, it was a bit of an unknown and, and you hadn't played football for so long before that so your time away from the game probably got a little bit more extended than everybody else. Yeah it was a, it was a tough uh, situation that I was in just doing pre-season and, and knowing I still had five games um, to wait after that and then corona hits as well so that's an even longer wait, but I just had to change it into into some positives and um, spent that time to, to get my game right. And I had an injury as well, so I spent a bit of time in rehab. So just had to focus on getting that right and getting fit again and trying to force my way back into the team. What is it that you've worked on in the off-season in, in regards to your football? What is it? What part of your game have you tried to develop a little bit more? Uh, I just want to be really strong defensively. So I work really hard with Brett White and, and Andrew McFadden here on on developing that into my game and um, I feel like attack comes pretty natural to me. Um, so just probably my defence and, and just getting a bit stronger and uh, a bit fitter as well. The last few weeks we've seen um, a number of players in and out of the side through injury. Um, how hard has that been um, as a young player trying to get that consistency when you've had different players around you? Yeah, it's been tough on the whole team, I think. Um, losing the likes of Big Red and, and Josh Hodgson, Demray, uh, they're a big, big part of the team. So... I think us young boys have, have come in and, and done a good job and we've still got the likes of Josh Papali and Elliot Whiter, John Bateman, so uh, their leadership and, and all that sort of stuff is second to none to steer us around the park. How do you lean on players like that to, to try and help develop your game? You, you mentioned those three, obviously, experienced first graders and, and players that play in your position. What have you learnt from them? Um, I hang out with Johnny Bateman away from footy a lot, so um, I'll just try and pick up on little things that he does uh, on and off the field and the same with Elliot Whitehead and, and Joey Tupps and that as well. Just just try and mimic what they do around training and um, they're very successful players. So if I can just take little parts of their game and, and put it into mine and hopefully I can do the same. Mate, um, let's get away from the serious footy talk. Let's talk about your, your housemates. Now, Tom Starling told us last week on the podcast that you're absolutely useless at home. Can you please confirm or deny these rumours? Mate, I'm denying them massively. He, he came home and told me straight away, so I knew there was some loophole in the in the stories. They weren't adding up because him and Corey, they do absolutely nothing. What are you like in the kitchen? What's your specialty? Mate, I'm simple. Steak or chicken's me. Um, I don't mix it up too much. Stalo's actually not a, too bad of a cook. I haven't seen Corey cook yet. He's, he's Uber Eats every night. <laughs> uh, what's he been like, Corey? Obviously, he's come into the squad um, later in the season and... Um, as you know, the way that he's playing his footy, he seems to be fitting right in. What's he like away from the field? Yeah, he's a good bloke, Corey. He's a um, very laid back sort of person. He, he loves just playing his guitar and singing and um, just chilling out at home. So he's very easy to live with. What about his uh, influence on the team so far? You know, he had a great game, probably his best game so far against the Broncos last weekend when he came on in that game. And uh, he's going to be a player that gets bigger and better every game. Yeah, I think Corey's going to be a very good asset for us going forward. Um, he's just going to get better every week. Um, once he gets his playing fitness and all that up, he's, he's, he's very talented, so we're very lucky to get him on board here. Talking about Starlo, um, we also spoke to him last week about the fact that you guys played your junior football um, against each other and then also together in development uh, sides. Is, do you pinch yourself when you, you, you get together and you talk about those experiences and, and where you both are now? Yeah, it was a weird one. Um, come through Knights Juniors with Tommy. Um, I think we played 14s, 15s, all the way to 18s together. And then um, it was under under 20s where I had a chat with him away from footy and that. And he, he sort of just said he was moving up to 
up to Burley, I think, to, to give the Q Cup a, a go. So I spoke to Pete and um, just said that Tommy's more than happy to come down here and have a shot. And, and he's come along in leaps and bounds this year and um, I couldn't be any more happy for him. Yeah, I remember that um, coming up there last year when he came into the side. So are you getting a cut um, from Tommy? Because he, he, it sounds like you're <laughs> the one so. that tipped him. Did you tipped the recruiters up and he's up for a, a new contract. So are you, are you his manager for this one? Yeah, I've been negotiating with Pete. Um, we're just finalising a few things now, so... <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, you know, uh, Pete has intimated that, um, that they would look at getting Tom for another season and uh, it would be great to, you know, continue that relationship and have him here for another year if that's possible. Yeah, definitely. It makes it a lot easier for me being away from home as well, having someone so close like Tom. So just having him here, him here is it's a big help for me, just having one of your close mates that you've known for a long time, uh, just to get away from footy and just hang out and talk things other than footy. It's a good good way to get away from the game as well. Yeah, I know how close you are to um, members of your family and we had a big contingent down here when you made your debut for the side. Uh, how hard has it been being away from family and friends and all that type of stuff during this period, um, particularly in the fact that you you know, you know don't have any downtime? Even if you did, you couldn't go and visit them. How, how have you handled that? Yeah, I'm real close with um, all my family members and that, especially my brothers and and younger cousins as well. So um, not being able to just shoot home on, on a weekend or or a day off or something like that, it's, it's made it a lot harder. And especially them coming down here, you can't go see them or, or go hang out with them either. So uh, I think it's been about three or four months since I've seen uh, the family. So I uh, can't wait till, till we can actually see each other and, and give mum and nan and nan a big hug. How important is it then... Um, to be a tight-knit playing group. Um, it seems that way at the moment that you guys are pretty tight and we saw even um, Adam Mariotta get involved in a post-try celebration on the weekend. He's not even playing at the moment but he was that excited to see the boys score. What's, it, what's the feeling like among the group? Yeah, I think that goes to show what Adam did on the weekend, how close we are here at the Raiders um, and I think it, it's starting to show on the field when we get an injury or something, someone can just slot straight in there uh, because of how close we are on and off the field. Um, I think it's a great balance to have within the team. So I think it's awesome. Well, mate, it's been great chatting to you. Um, looking forward to seeing how you continue to develop this season and all the best of luck against the Titans this weekend. Cheers, Benny. Thank you. There he is, Hudson Young, wrapping up this edition of Behind the Limelight, thanks to OAC Digital.